Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn over to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I will try to get you out of here before 3. And um, Romans chapter 5, verse 17 um, says this. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Will reign where? The question is, is where is this life? We're going to have to answer that today, okay? Uh, But we'll reign in life. We'll reign in life. All right, so if death reigned through the one, well, when did death reign? Sin, right? Through the transgression of one, Adam, stand up. Where are you at, Adam? Stand up. I thought I was going to preach on you. Adam ate the fruit, guys. This is a problem. Okay? What were you thinking, man? Seriously. What were you thinking? Okay? Adam ate the fruit, right? And through the one man right there, that guy, transgression came into the world. You can be seated. Thank you. He's aged really well, though. Um... So through the one man, sin reigned. So what's that tell us? In this world, on this planet, sin reigned in you. And you know, unless you're still allowing sin to reign, um, you know that you needed Jesus as your Lord and that you recognize Christ died for you, that he rose from the dead, and that when you called on the name of Jesus to be saved, you became a new creature in Christ Jesus and sin that used to reign over you, now no longer reigns over you. Okay, but if sin reigned over you in this planet, then when you made Jesus the Lord, should life not be reigning, or should you not be reigning in life on this planet? So leaving planet Earth is not necessary for you to reign in life, because leaving planet Earth was not necessary for you to reign in sin. So we need to make sure, recognize that this statement here that Paul's making in Romans chapter 5 is not uh, reigning when we exit planet Earth. It's a reigning that can happen now. I said that can happen now. Now this is important because if you always view the Bible through your victim mentality, meaning... And listen, the Bible's full of how God delivered victims, that they had problems, they had issues, they were down and out, and they needed to be delivered. And there's plenty in the Bible that says that. But once God delivered you from being a victim, he made you a victor. And you've got to learn how to live like a victor and not like a victim. And if you only stay in the Bible as a victim, then you'll only be thankful every time he delivers you. Instead of starting to see yourself as a victor and realize that you can reign over certain things. So you don't go into uh, situations as a victim, but a victor. Two different mentalities. I said it's two different mentalities. So the Passion Translation in Romans chapter 5, verse 17 said, Death once held us in its grips, and by the blunder of one man, you saw him, Death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more 
are we held in the grip of grace and continue continue reigning as kings in life? Man, this is good, isn't it? Enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. So we need to understand this. If you're going to reign in life or to reign, you must know the history of your bloodline. I said you must know the history of your bloodline. Now, I uh, at 47, I'm 50 years old now. I have no problem with my age because I keep saying I get better with age, right? And so at 47, I went and had a physical. My wife and I had a physical. In fact, uh, not too much longer after that, we ended up taking a bunch of life insurance policy out on all the employees at Anchor Faith Church in St. Augustine. And so they quoted us a particular deal, right? And then they came in and did all this like blood work on us or, you know, blood pressure and all that stuff, right? And so at the end of it, they took everybody, all of our employees that we were getting a policy out for, they came back and said, this, is, this doesn't happen, but we're going to lower your premium because your staff is so healthy. Hallelujah. Amen. You're healthy. Well, praise God, we're healthy, right? But a lot of times when you go to a doctor, they'll ask the question, has there been this in your family? And I, and then we're talking natural. I get it. But we got to begin to identify with another family. Because there is another family, a family that's higher than the one, the natural family. Because again, I don't know how Steve and I are related yet. We don't know that. We just have the last name. I feel confident there's somewhere down the line we're probably going to find where we cross paths, right? But we, we've we crossed paths already, even though naturally we may not find where that is, supernaturally we know where it's at in Christ Jesus. We're family because of that bloodline. And you know what? That bloodline is more important to me than my own natural family bloodline. As much as I love my natural family, if my natural family don't get into the bloodline of Jesus Christ, there'll come a day I won't ever see them again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And look, Jesus is about this bloodline because when the people, he was preaching one day and his mama, natural bloodline, and his brothers and sisters, they are stepbrothers because, you know, mom was a virgin when she had him, but they're still part of the family came to him and says, hey, your mama and your brothers and sister here want to talk to you. Jesus says, who is my mama? Now, you think mama would have been offended by that. Go ahead and go to your parent, your mama and say, who's my mama? Adam, go to your mama and say, who's your mama? Right? Now, most moms would be like, I gave birth to you. I brought you into this world, and I can, right, y'all know that one. <clears throat> okay. But Jesus said, who is my mama? Who is my brothers and sisters? He says, it's those who do the will of my father. Hallelujah. So he defines his family. And we need to know, if we're going to reign, we need to know the history of our bloodline. Well, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27 said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule. Notice, before sin ever entered the world, man was to rule, was to reign. One translation says, Has, Have dominion. Now, we're pretty good in the Bible from Genesis chapter 3, which is the fall of man, all the way to Revelation chapter 20, right? 
Uh, outside of that, we tend to know the scripture pretty well, and that's typically from a victim mentality. We have all sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. We need Jesus. You know, if we don't have Jesus, we're going to die and be separated from him. Thank you for everything Jesus did. And yes, Jesus did die on the cross for our sins, our transgression. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But Jesus did not do that to keep you out of hell. That was not his purpose. And that's the biggest problem. We think Jesus died to keep us from hell. That is not his purpose. His purpose was to make us a new creature in Christ. Now, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's actually the title he holds, and that title is uh, Christ, or which is the Greek equivalent to the Hebrew word Messiah, which means the anointed one in his anointing. We're going to get to that here in a minute. And what do we mean by the anointed one in his anointing? Well, you understand when a king came into power, they anointed him. Remember when God, by Samuel, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, uh, the nation of Israel has rejected God as being their king. He says, Samuel, give the people what they want. They want a man they can see as king. They've not rejected you, but have rejected me as king. That's in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. He says, so Samuel found Saul, basically the man who was in the image of man. This is what man was looking for. This is the kind of king we want. That's why they got Saul. He was tall, big, you know, someone that stood out. But before he could be king, he anointed him with oil. Amen. So when we say the anointed one and his anointing, that's in reference to kingship. Because the Bible's about a king, his kingdom, and his royal offspring. Man, in his original intent, was to rule over what? The fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. So both male and female. So when he said God created man, that's the spirit of man. And he puts the spirit of man in a male suit and a female suit. Never gets that wrong. And both of them were to have dominion or to rule. Are you with me? They were to reign. They were not to be subject to being a victim, but they were a ruling class. Hallelujah. Okay. They were a ruling class. Why? Because they are the nature of God. Is God a ruler? I said, is God a ruler? Well, you got to know your bloodline. You hear what I'm saying? See, we need to know where we originally came from. Even though Adam fell, Adam ate the fruit that God told him, sin entered the world, that doesn't change God wanting to get the species of man back into the bloodline of God. Because he's always wanted a nation of royal people. People who reign. In Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 and 6 says, Now then, if you indeed obey the vo uh, my voice and keep my commandment, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples uh, for the earth is mine. Who owns the planet? Your daddy. If you are born again, God owns planet earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So understand, there's not a people group on planet Earth that it's their place. It's actually God's. Okay, I'll go over here. There is not a people group on planet Earth that the nation is theirs. It's the Lord's. He owns it all. 
because he created it. And he has the right to move things. Okay? So, our dad owns planet Earth. But he goes on verse 6. He says, and you shall be to me a what? Kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. Now you say, well, they're talking about Israel. Well, is he only talking about Israel? Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, because I'll get you into the new covenant. It says, but you are a chosen race. Now, is he only talking about Israel here? Obviously not. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Have you been called out of darkness? Well, what's Colossians chapter 1, verse 9? We know it says this, that when we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, we are transferred out of the domain, King James calls it the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of his beloved son. Well, when do we get into that kingdom? When we leave our bodies and go to heaven? No, the minute you become born again. The minute you become born again. And remember Jesus, who's our Savior and Lord, he said, now when you pray, pray this way, since we're family. Our Father, not his Father. Say, my Daddy. Come on, say, my Daddy. Again, Adam, who's your mama? Right? Right? I, I could say, who's your Daddy? As well. <laughs> but, our Father. Now, he resides in heaven. That's what, um, you know, our Father who art in heaven or lives in heaven, resides in heaven. Holy is your name. Your kingdom. What? Now, it will come physically. That is true. But it's not limited to a physical presence. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on where? Where at? Right here. The same planet. It's not a different earth. We're not talking about a parallel universe. Okay, that's this planet you are currently residing on. God wants his will to be done here just like it is in the home country where he resides. And it doesn't require you to go to heaven to get it to work. Heaven will come here. In fact, if you see our historical document called the Bible, God always wants to come here. Yet we keep preaching a going away. But in his original intent, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now notice he did not make him in heaven. He made him in the earth. Then he came down and would talk to him on the cool of the day. God is not like, oh, I just can't wait till you get to heaven. Man, what a glorious day that will be when you all will sing and shout. The victory. No, you can sing and shout the victory now because God said, I'm not waiting for you to get here. I'm going to put myself in you. I'm going to make you a part of my bloodline, and then I'm going to come down and have my abode with you. I mean, God, Jesus' name, Emmanuel, means God with us. So why are we so mentally uh, uh, bound in this thought of we're not going to get somewhere till we go somewhere? Instead of, 
my gosh, my God reigns now. He reigns in me, and he'll reign through me right here while I'm in the earth. And it doesn't matter what's going on in this world that ultimately is still in a fallen state. God's going to redeem that at another time. That's going to take place. I get it. But while I'm in this earth, this skin suit houses God, and he sits on a throne. Jesus Christ is seated at his right hand on a throne, and he has given me his authority to reign now. To reign now. So, Revelations 5.10 tells us this, you have been made to be a kingdom and a priest to our God, and they shall, oh, look at it now, reign, where? Upon the earth. Now, if you're like, but that's Revelation, that's at the end. Well, that messes up a lot of people's theology because they're already thinking they're going to live in heaven forever. It literally tells us where this reigning will take place. So it'd be a lot easier if you are, you know, we're going to live in heaven forever, people, that this is must be now then. I said it must be now, right? Now, I mean, if you read the back of the book, I don't want to spoil it for you, <clears throat> um, but he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, and if earth meant nothing to God, and we were just going to be with him forever in heaven, why is he creating a new planet? Now, when I say new, it's not like a brand new planet. He's just going to burn this one up. I had someone say, well, if he's going to burn it up, I mean, how can we be down here if it's on fire? Well, how does Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go in a fiery furnace and not get burned up? I mean, it's no big deal for God to burn the planet and us be right in the middle of the fire. Right? I mean, it's not a big deal for God to say, okay, I've thrown, the, I've thrown Satan into the lake of fire, the beast, the false prophet, all, all those who did not call on my name from the great white throne judgment. I've thrown them all in the lake of fire. They're in the prison system of the kingdom. And now we're going to make everything new. I'm going to burn the earth. Just hold on. No problem. I said no problem. And be a new heaven, new earth. Then it says the new Jerusalem will come, come down out of heaven to the earth. You got to read the last two chapters. It's powerful stuff. Because again, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in heaven if God's down here. <laughs> I want to be where God's at. Hallelujah. So it says we'll reign upon the earth. This word reign means royal authority or sovereignty. Sovereignty just means supreme power. Okay. It's a lot of bad teaching on sovereignty right now. Um, you know, but I don't have time to deal with that. But I want you to know that sovereignty just simply means supreme power. So we have royal supreme power. Jesus has royal supreme power. I said Jesus has royal supreme power, right? Revelation 17, 14 says this, these will wage war against the lamb and the lamb will overcome them because he is the Lord of, Lord of, Lord of. Now, Lord means supreme in authority. So he's the supreme in authority over those who have supreme authority. Interesting. Okay, and he's the king of, well, who are these lords and kings that he's the king of and the lord of? It's you. And that's not when you get to heaven, it's now. I said it's now. It's right now. Hallelujah. He's the king of, I'm standing before royalty today. Now, again, if you see yourself as a victim, as a prisoner, as a pauper, as someone that's not worthy of that, that that's just your mentality. That's not who you are in Christ. 
Now, who you are in Christ, because Christ means, it's the, again, the Greek equivalent to the Hebrew word Messiah, which is the anointed one in his anointing. In essence, when I look at you and when God looks at you, he sees you as royalty. You are of a royal bloodline. And you have access to the throne. Because of God's grace, we can boldly go before the throne of grace. Amen. We go to the highest court. And that's not supreme. It's not a supreme court. Right? There's a court above this world that we are to follow. So no matter how many laws man makes, if it goes against our laws in the word, we stay with that law. Now we'll live at peace with all men as, as far as we can. And there'll come a place that this is as far as I can because I'm going to have to stay with the word. Amen. Now that may cause me to have some persecution, but that's all right because the Lord will vindicate us. Are you with me? Revelation 19, 16, just so you can get it in you. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. So again, we know he's the king. We know he's Lord. But you understand, you are the small kings. And that's all of us. Listen, what's so awesome about God's kingdom is not, it's not a kingdom of subjects. It's a kingdom of kings. It's a kingdom of kings. So, Ecclesiastes 8, 4, New King James, the beginning of this verse says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Right? The Amplified Classic Translation says, for the word of a king is authority and power. The NAS, the English Standard Version says, for the word of the king is supreme. And the um, New English Translation says, surely the king's authority is absolute. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Now, again, if all we were doing was talking about Jesus, we could shout, run, sing the victory, right? Because we know Jesus has gotten the victory. He's the ultimate in power. Man, he's the one that we love and adore. Yet it was Jesus who said, go, therefore, into all the world, right? Make disciples. And he says, those who believe, they will cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, raise the dead. Come on now. So, he said, the works that I do, even greater works will you do. Or are we doing the works of Jesus? Now, let me tell you, Jesus didn't walk around. The only work he did was to tell people about the cross. Because, in fact, Jesus didn't tell people about the cross. He told them about the kingdom. The cross is the way through. That's his work. That's what he did. But a cross means nothing if he don't get out of the grave. But he got out of the grave. He was raised. The blood's been applied. And now he said, now go into all the world and tell people about the kingdom and that you're a royal bloodline and go in my authority because I'm the king of kings. So you have authority no matter where you go. Why? Because you possess authority with this skin suit. Wherever your feet land, the kingdom goes with it. Are you with me? So why is this important? 1 John 2.20, it says it this way, but you have been anointed from the Holy One and you all know. Now, what are we talking about? Well, Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. He was perfect without spot or wrinkle. In fact, it was prophesied that his kingdom would have no end, right? Isaiah chapter 9, 6 says, a child will be born, a son will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And then verse 7 says, and there'll be no end to the increase of his government or of peace, that his kingdom will be established on the throne of David. We know that the 
the prophet and the prophetess, prophetess, when they saw Mary, talked about his kingdom, that it would manifest. And so when Jesus was raised up, right, he was about his father's business. But before he started his ministry, he goes to a guy by the name of John the Baptist, a cousin of his, and he says, permitted at this time so that all righteousness may be fulfilled. And so John baptizes him in the Jordan River. And when he comes up out of that Jordan River, all of a sudden the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. He was anointed of the Holy Ghost. In essence, this is God's kingship of his son Jesus, God in the flesh, the son in the flesh. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. We beheld him, his name's Jesus, and he anointed him with the Holy Spirit without measure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so all of a sudden, he then, uh, the Holy Ghost comes upon him, and the Father says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. From there, the Holy Ghost says uh, to Jesus, says next chapter, chap, uh, Matthew 4, 1, says Jesus being led, not choosing to go on his own, but Jesus being led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be what? Tempted of the devil. Why is that? Because the devil had taken the dominion from Adam. You gave it to him, Adam. Okay, so if you look at the Luke's account of the temptation of Christ, when he takes him up to a high place and shows him all the domains are kingdoms, not religions. He said, all this dominion, all this authority, all this power, all this governmental oversight, I'll give to you for it's been handed over to me. Well, where did he get it from? He got it from Adam when Adam ate the fruit that God told him not to eat. And so he says, I'll give it all to you. So what are we seeing here? God is saying, I want you to go to the God of this world, the one who's ruling the systems of the world, I want you to get in front of him because you're going to let him know a new king's coming. And he was tempted on all accounts, just like we are. But guess what? He never sinned. Sin is simply disobeying what God says. That's what sin is. He never disobeyed the Father. He said, whatever I say, I've heard from the Father, and I speak that only. And don't you know everything Jesus said came to pass? There's not a word that he said that didn't come to pass. It did not return unto him void, but it accomplished everything he said. Well, if his word can accomplish something, can your word accomplish something? Because 1 John 2.20 says that we have been anointed from the Holy One. When we get born again, then the Holy Ghost comes and bears witness with our spirit that we are what? Children of who? Not children of sinners. So I'm not a sorry sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner. I've been saved by grace through faith, and now I'm a believer, or I am a child of God. I am of the bloodline of Christ. I am royal bloodline. I am by all rights a king. And that's not defined by my economics, by my education, or by the color of my skin. It is defined by the blood of Jesus. I am royalty. You are royalty, and the same Holy Ghost in you is the same Holy Ghost in me. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. We are anointed. So the anointing, again, why is it? Why do we have this anointing? Because the anointing was for the king. The anointing, we know, destroys every yoke. 
It's a yoke-destroying, burden-removing power. And what does that mean? The anointing first came and says, you've been liberated. You were like that lost king that didn't know they were a king. You were sold off. You were in slavery, indebted somewhere. You were bought. You were bound. But then your daddy came, (laughs) and he found you. And he said, now, if you'll accept the work of your brother, Jesus, you can come to the family. You got to put your allegiance. And so we put our allegiance in Christ, and all of a sudden we become this new creature in Christ. We become a child of God, and now we get to come to the palace. Hallelujah. And now that we get to come to the palace, all that bound us before has no, because when the king gives the order, you're free. This is why it's so important for the churches to preach truth. Because it isn't the Bible preached through your opinion that sets people free. It is the Bible preached in truth and rightly divided that has the ability to make people free if they will accept that word once it's preached. Hallelujah. But if we're not even preaching truth, then you're really never going to get free. That's why we don't use a whole bunch of emails up here. A little funny antidotes. We like the scripture at Anchor Faith Church. But not only does the anointing destroy every yoke, okay, and many come for that purpose because God anointing not only breaks, but it also kings you to have authority over the things that once bound you. You hearing what I'm saying? If you look at the miracles that Jesus did in the New Testament, they all fall under the dominion or rule that Adam, Adam had before he ate the fruit. Think about it now. Let's go through a couple of them, right? They came to Jesus and said, Jesus, all these people, Jesus went to his disciples and said, these people are hungry now, and I'm not going to send them home without eating because they've been listening to this word for three days because they might faint. And they're like, what do you want us to do, man? You want us to go buy a bunch of bread? I mean, that'd be like 200 denarii. It's not like they didn't have it because Judas was a treasurer, right? You can't be embezzling when you ain't got nothing. So this whole mentality, Jesus was broke, is a lie. It's not true. But Jesus knew the lowest resource in the kingdom is finance. It, it, it operates, but it's the lowest resource. So he says, he says, no, nah, what do we have? So they found five loaves and what? Two fish. Fish are no problem for a man with dominion. He, he blesses it, and that fish, although it has left, its, left the water and by all rights is dead, still has to listen to the creator and multiply. Now, bread is grain that's in the earth. And remember, Adam's dominion was over all the earth. So if it grew, if it came up out of the earth, he had dominion. So that bread had to listen to his voice, and it was able to feed 5,000 men plus women and children and pick up 12 basket loads later. Again, another fish story. uh, God needed to pay some tax and told Peter to go down, go fishing, throw your line in. The first one you catch, open its mouth, and it have your taxes and my taxes. Wouldn't you love for God to say, go fishing? We go to Matanzas, you know, bridge, right? Let's go fishing. We're paying taxes this year. 
We throw our net out right. We pull them fish in. We start pulling all those, uh, you know, gold doubloons from some sunken treasure off of the coast of our Florida we don't know about, right? But that fish did, went and got it and brought it to us. And then we'll, like, give our fish away to everybody else on the bridge. <laughs> Amen. But the fish heard God's voice and went and found the coins and is able to find Peter and get on his line or get in his net. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Winds and waves, no problem. It's part of the earth. Peace, be still. He sees a fig tree that looks like it has fruit, but it doesn't have fruit. Jesus was hungry, and he speaks to the plant. Said so nobody ever eat free, eat eat uh, from you ever again. Which tells us you need to bear fruit. <laughs> we need to bear fruit. All right, and they're all going. I don't know what that was. That's <laughs> what every sound person says. They don't know. I don't know what happened, Pastor. Uh huh. Yeah. Why did I get muted at that point? <laughs> But he speaks to it, and it had ears. Now, you may not see it, but it does. And again, why plants? Why are people needing marijuana to talk to them today? There's plenty of shops everywhere. A plant, a plant called tobacco, talk to people. A plant called hops, barley, talk to people. Talk them right out of their money. I said, talk them right out of their money. God never intended for a plant to have dominion over you. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Sickness and disease is never a problem. Why? Because sickness and disease resides within your body. Your body was made out of the what? Dust of the earth. No problem. That's why Jesus can lay hands on all kinds of skin suits. It's just dirt anyway. And it had to obey. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, if he can do it, and he's the king, and we're kings of the king, then can we do it? Now, listen, Jesus just didn't touch people because he wanted to. This is the big misconception. The misconception is, is that just because you have authority, you think you can do whatever you want to do. Well, Jesus didn't even model that kind of authority. And this is the problem with the wrong teaching in the church. Well, God can do whatever he wants to do. Can he? That's a lie. Because if he could, why didn't he just say, you know what, I'm not going to send my son. I'll just forgive you for nothing. With nothing. Because he can do whatever he wants. No, he can't. Because he gave man dominion. It required a man to take it back. He had to legally get back into an earth that he spoke the parameters with his word. God does not go against his own word. He doesn't make up stuff. Right? I mean, I've played with my kids in basketball, and it seemed like they want to change the rules. You start shooting. Well, what do you mean I can't do that now? I mean, sure, you change the rules to benefit you, and we want this to take place and act like God just changed the rules. He's not changing the rules. He's bound to his word. He's bound. Because if he can do anything he wants to do, why is he throwing de the devil in the lake of fire? Why can't he just get him changed? If he can do anything he wants to do, well, God, do whatever he wants to do. Really? Well, let's get the devil saved. Can't do it. 
Why? He's bound to his word. So when you have authority as a king, you can't just do anything you want to do. You have to be connected to the source of power. Jesus said, I don't do this work down here on the planet without consulting with the Father. And it's the Holy Spirit that has anointed me that gives me the ability to hear from Dad. That's why our prayer life's so important. All right? If we're going to reign in this life, then we got to stay connected to the Spirit so that we can hear from Jesus who's seated at the right hand of the Father because what it looks like is Jesus is seated here, the Father's there, and all of a sudden we're praying. And he says, you know what? Pastor Mark's talking to me. Dad, what do you want me to tell him? And the father says, son, tell him this. And then Jesus says, Holy Spirit, say this to him. And the minute he hears, well, I heard the Lord. Now he can act with the authority he's been given because he's heard. Because Jesus said, now I'll go lay hands on that person. Now I'll go do this. Now I'll do that. Now I'll do this. Because everything I'm doing is because I've been authorized. How could Jesus go to the pool of Bethesda with all those sick folk and only heal one guy? Because we know it's his will to heal. But what do people do? Because, again, they're like, well, God can do whatever he wants to do. And if he didn't heal me then, you know, he must not want me healed. Well, there was a reason why God didn't deal with no one else, though. And again, if we read the whole Bible, we'll find out that God made statements like this. Now, if you'll obey me, these things will happen. But if you don't obey, then these things will happen. And God knows if people are in obedience. God actually knows people's heart. Do you understand? Someone could have symptoms in their body. And the only reason healing's not coming is because they're actually being rebellious on the inside, although they're raising their hand. And I'd love to tell you that I know their heart, but you and I don't know each other's heart. You know that. Uh, you know your heart. You know if you're in faith or not. A lot of times people say, yeah, I believe God, but on the inside they don't believe at all. Not there at all. No one knows the spirit of the man except the spirit of the man himself as well as no one knows the Spirit of God except the Spirit of God himself. Now, the God could give me a word of knowledge about your situation. I could say, yeah, here's your problem. We had a gentleman down in our uh, community, and um, he had symptoms in his body, and he believed in healing. He was confessing healing, but we were seeing no results. And finally, one day after service, I went over to the house, and I said, now, listen. I mean, I got right down there facing the little love chair, they, their little lazy boy they were in. I said, now, listen. We need to find out what the problem is because as much word as you know and you've heard the Holy Ghost and you're confessing and we're not getting better but worse, something else is going on. Now, what is it? And out of their mouth says, I hate their former pastor. Well, how can you hate your former pastor and expect God to heal you? Because faith worketh by Love. Now, again, but if you didn't know the individual, you'd think, you know, I guess the Lord has a reason why he doesn't want to heal. That was not the Lord's problem. The Lord wanted to heal, wanted to heal bad, but could not heal because they held an offense. And it was right there on the inside the whole time. Every time they said, by his stripes you were healed, by his stripes you were healed. You know the Holy Ghost was saying, but you're going to have to forgive your former pastor. Unforgiveness is a horrible thing. It'll keep all kinds. 
We don't know what was going on with every other person. Bethesda was just another thing because when I went go to India, man, they have so many gods. You can't add Jesus to the rest of your God. So when I do altar call, I'm like, you must denounce every other God. Must. I remember we were in a particular service, Pastor, when they came up, and man, this guy's eyes were like glass, man. Gay, I mean, just like glassed over, right? And he was there, and she was there, and I said, you must denounce. And all of a sudden, it's like something hit them. And I said, you must denounce. And they just hit the ground. Didn't touch them at all. Didn't touch them at all. Well, that spirit from, from all those other false idols, they on the inside was saying, you got to go. And the power of God came on them. And they got delivered from that demonic spirit that was a part of them. Right there in service. I had a nurse that was right. I said, don't even come. This ain't, this ain't natural. Up, and Their eyes look normal. And both of them are serving God. And they couldn't walk. The reason they couldn't walk, because they had entertained demonic spirits. Well, when we went back a year later, the child, they were in church. Their child was in church and was walking just fine. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But what we don't understand a lot of times is when we hear this thing called authority that we have, that doesn't mean you can just go and will your authority at will. You must seek God on how to administrate this authority. And how do we know? It's right here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 12. It says this, fight the good fight of faith. Right? Faith comes by what? Hearing. Not from you deciding that, you know what? I know I can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, so I'm going to go do it. I want you to go do it, but you need to talk to God because God may need to say, now listen, I need. Now, there can be some people that are all jacked up and God says, lay hands on them. I'm going to show them that I'm good. That can happen. But there's other situations that God will talk to you about that says, man, I'm, I'm limited at what I can do based upon their life. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life which you were called and made you, uh, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life in all things and of Christ Jesus who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus, which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the king of, here it is again, kings and the Lord of lords. This is three times we've seen the scripture that he's identified himself the king of other kings. And I'm trying to get into you this morning and leave with you today that you are a king right now. If you are born again of God, you are a child of God. You are a king. You have been delivered from sin, and now you can reign over sin and reign over any circumstance that ever comes your way. Now, you'll have to fight the good fight of faith in that. Make no mistake about it. They'll become a little challenge, no doubt about it. The enemy will come and still try to put back on you what, what um, um, you, the Lord has delivered you from, or he'll try to put pressure on you so that you won't walk in your authority and power. Because he don't want you taking any ground. He don't want you being an example. He doesn't want God's light to shine. But you have to fight the good fight of faith. And then keep your good confession just like Jesus. Well, what was Jesus' confession before Pilate? Let's read it. In John chapter 18, verses 33 to 37, the Passion Translation says it this way. Upon hearing this, Pilate went back into his palace and summoned Jesus. Looking over him, Pilate asked him, Are you really the king of the Jews? 
Jesus replied, are you asking because you really want to know? Or are you only asking this because others have said it about me? Pilate responded, only a Jew would care about this. Do you, do I look like a Jew? It's your own people and your religious leaders who have handed you over to me. So tell me, Jesus, what have you done wrong? Jesus looked at Pilate and says, the royal power of my kingdom realm doesn't come from this world. I mean, it doesn't operate like worldly kingdoms. Doesn't mean it's not in the world. Okay? He said, if it did, meaning if it operated like worldly kingdoms, then my followers would be fighting to the end to defend me from the Jewish leaders. He said, my kingdom realm authority is not from this realm. All right? It doesn't operate like this. Verse 37, then Pilate responded, oh, so you are king. You are right, Jesus said. I was born a king, and I've come into the world to prove what truth really is, and everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. So you've got to keep the good confession that I'm the child of a king. I'm the child of a king. I have been blood-bought. I'm in a royal bloodline. I'm the child of a king. He is the, he is the king, and I am a king, and I follow his bidding on earth, and I can do what he did and I can act like he acted, and I can respond as he responded, and I will keep my good confession that if I speak truth as he spoke truth, and I believe that what the Father tells me will come to pass, it will come to pass, because I actually have authority in this realm. Romans 8, 37 says this, Paul saying to the church, but in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer. And what were these things? My gosh, if you read the list, there was a lot of trouble happening. I said there was a lot of trouble happening. Do you think coronavirus is something that troubles the Lord? Do you think he has to get a vaccine in heaven to deal with that? Since we're thinking, he said his will be done. Did Jesus ever come across a disease and say, bro, we've never seen that in heaven before? Well, no disease is in heaven. Right? <laughs> Did he ever come across one? As, man, that leprosy is eating your skin. I, man, I don't know if we can do anything about that. Wrong. It said he healed them of all. And we act like a new name of something. There's nothing new under the sun. I said there's nothing new under the sun. So it doesn't matter whatever adaptation of something. I mean, it's called COVID-19 for a reason. Because there was COVID-18, and 17, and 16, and 15, and 14. Now, I'm not making light, because here's the thing. There's something that's killed people in the disease market long before COVID showed up. It's called cancer. It's called leukemia. It's called tuberculosis. It's called the flu. It's called allergies. I mean, there's all kinds of things that have taken people out. I mean, sickness and disease is in the earth. But Jesus bore stripes on his back. And if you don't remember that you, remember that you are of a royal bloodline and there is a health care system in the kingdom, that means by his stripes ye were healed. Listen, he did not go to the cross today because you would make Jesus Lord. He did that 2,000 years ago. And he, in the same way, is not going back to putting stripes on his back to be able to handle a coronavirus today. It's already taken care of under the blood. 
We are overwhelmingly conquerors. More than conquerors, the New King James says, through him who loved us. What does overwhelmingly conquer mean? Well, Rick Renner broke this out in the Greek. It means this. It means we are greater conquerors, superior conquerors, higher and better conquerors. We are more than a match for any foe. We are utmost conquerors, paramount conquerors, top-notch conquerors, unsurpassed conquerors, unequaled and unrivaled conquerors. That's who we are. So you can't let CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, NBC, you can't let the Valdosta Times, whatever your newspaper is, you can't let the professor at Valdosta State or anybody else that calls themselves an expert tell you that you cannot overwhelmingly conquer any situation or circumstance that would come your way because if you're a child of the king, all you got to do is get to the creator. Because I can tell you right now, ain't no expert on the planet more expert than God. Whose report will you be? Because it's a report. I said it's a report. I said it's a report. And here's the thing about the report. Most of us are believing the report at a word and not even actually seeing the report to substantiate their words. Man, if believers could renew their mind as fast as the world renewed their minds. We're here to reign. And listen, reigning means... You have to reign over something. Reigning doesn't mean there's no problems. That's called a fairy tale. That's like we won't walk Disney's fairy tale where we want to live happily ever after the minute we say, Jesus, come into my heart and save me. Happily ever after. But Jesus said, now in this life, you're going to have some trials and tribulations. But be be of good cheer. So when you started hearing the news about this pandemic, did you start laughing? Okay, I'll go over here. It's fine. I had no problem with me. It just identifies who you listen to more. Because anybody's having a problem right now, it's because you all been listening to the news too much and you ain't been in the Word. I mean, I realize that there's challenges. I get symptoms in my own body at different times. I remember one time I went to eat, uh, took my staff out to eat, and we were eating some mahi. And um, I had had the exact same meal the week, the day before. Same big old piece of uh, fish, right? Same restaurant. And so all of a sudden, as we're sitting there, you know, I'm like, you know, my neck's getting really hot and itching, and my palms and my hands are itching, you know, and then on, on the soles of my feet started itching. It was kind of just awkward, you know. I kind of got my hands up underneath the, I'm like, wow, this is weird, right? It's just this sensation of, like, I'm, what's going on with my hands? And my neck got all hot, right? And I'm like, well, let's go. And I got my Jeep, had the top off. And when I looked at myself, my eyes were blood red. The whites were blood red. My face was all red. I'm like, geez. Then I heard on the inside. The Lord said, you better get on this. Now, I knew what he meant when he said that. He meant you better start speaking the word concerning healing. So I began to start speaking, calling it. And the guy riding with me, you know, didn't know anything at the time. And I'm just talking and 
calling it and saying it, you know, and obviously I had a top down, so the wind's blowing, so I can say it loud enough you can't hear me. Um, and, you know, I'm talking, and I got to the office, and I grabbed my associate and said, hey, something, something's attacking my body, man, coming to my office. So he came in, and I said, now the Bible says if any two people on earth touch and agree, that's what the Word says. I'll believe the Word over anything. And we held and agreed that whatever it was be revealed, and I'm healed. And we started praying and praying and praying. And I was praying in the Spirit, you know, because when you don't know how you ought to pray, you begin to pray in the Spirit, and it'll pray out the perfect will of God. It'll cause, man, uh, the anointing to come on you. It's better than a, a shot. It's better than anything, man, Get the full of the Holy Ghost, right? And so we're praying that. And then I went to the bathroom and found myself going to the bathroom a few times. I'm like, well, if I'm like, flushing it out of my system, right? I can do that at the house. So I said, well, take me to the house. So he took me to the house. And um, and I walked in. I took my shirt off then. Well, from here up was beet red. My wife was at the house, and when she saw me, she was like, did you go to the beach and fall asleep? <laughs> so I got burnt. I said, no. I said, something's attacking my body. So I asked the Lord. I knew I was having an allergic reaction, something. I said, should I take some Benadryl? I knew I had some in the house. The Lord said, it won't touch this. So I just kept praying, kept praying, kept praying. Later on, he let me know there I got some mercury in my system. I was having some challenges. 45 minutes of just prayer. Because who report do you believe? I'm asking, do I go to the hospital? I asked. I have no problem with that. I'm not afraid of nothing. What I'm afraid of is not doing it God's way. That's what I'm concerned about. But I don't think natural first. I always go to the king first. And so he just told me to keep praying. And then all of a sudden, I heard in my spirit the Lord say, go look. And I knew exactly what he meant. When he said that phrase to me, it, he took me right into Scripture where Elijah was talking about the rain coming and told his servant to go look. I, I saw that. From that word, go look. So I went and looked in the mirror, right? And I looked like this, and I looked like that, and I was red, man. And I kept praying, kept praying. Then I go back to the mirror, look at myself this way, look at my back, same thing. Kept praying, kept praying. See, this is why you can't tell me healing doesn't work, because this works. I have experience that the word works. But again, I got that experience, not because I asked for it, but I got put in a situation that I had to choose who will I believe. And how will I respond? Well, eventually, about 45 minutes in, I went to the, a mirror and I looked at my back. And right in the center of my back in all that red was about the size of a quarter of my skin. It's regular color. And I knew right then, I got it. In five minutes, it was completely gone. Everything left. And it was like it was never there. No other issue, nothing. Hallelujah. Now to God be the glory. See, Jesus didn't take those stripes so that I would have to stay in a suffering. And, it, and I didn't eat it because he was trying to teach me something. Something attacked me and he gave me the provision as a king to be able to overcome and come out. Because I could be an overwhelming conqueror of that situation. See, being a king doesn't mean you won't get something. Being a king means something can't stay on you or with you or around you for very long. As long as you keep speaking the word of the king, the situation must change. See, a lot of times we think when we get in this reigning that we'll reign and nothing will, will target us. Well, if you look at natural kings, they had other kingdoms come against them, and they had to go out to battle, and they had to go fight, and they had to go deal with stuff. 
But again, if they were with God, God fought the victory. They got the victory and they went back home and had a party. So again, it doesn't mean you would never get the coronavirus if you uh, believe that by his stripes you were healed. You could avoid it altogether, but even if it tried to show up, you have a word more sure of prophecy, and that is by his stripes, and you can stand on it and walk in it and have it. And I'm telling you, in these last days, you better know you're reigning. Because, man, with everything going on in social media and news, It is there to do one thing, bring a spirit of fear to your life. And Paul, even in his time, said God has not given us, or Peter has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of sound mind. Amen. I've heard people say, well, God gave you a brain, use it. Don't use it if it's not been renewed. Don't use it if it's not been renewed. Because there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end lies death. And I can tell you right now, I've talked with doctors myself, and they are giving me different information than what's out there. But most of us will just believe the first thought process and how it identifies with how we feel. Instead of searching it, seeking it, looking at it, show me the reports. Same thing with what's going on with restrictions. Everybody in my in St. Augustine is like, I can't believe that you're going against the president. Not going against the president. He had recommendations. They were called guidelines. He never signed a law. I'm sorry, you do not study. I do. And I'll follow your guidelines as far as I have peace with it. But as far as what God's called me to do, I'm going to do what God says. Hallelujah. So when we were accused of killing and being murderers, because you know you can only get the coronavirus from our church, not Walmart, not Target, right? I mean, the size of our church, we don't have near as many people coming in it as they do Walmart. And we're cleaning You know what? They never had a problem with our preschool being open Monday through Friday. Not one issue. But it's like we couldn't carry on the same responsibility when we had a service. Well, we just study and know what we know and stand. Why? Because we reign. And when someone pushes, that doesn't mean anything. We're going to stay in our position of authority, and we're going to reign. In these last days, you're going to need to know I'm reigning. Last scripture, and we'll close. 1 John 4, 17. It says, By this love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, as he is, as who is? Who's he? Who's he? Come on, who's he? We'll leave if you all participate. Who's he? Jesus. So now, if you got a problem with what I'm saying, then you really have a problem with Jesus. Because as Jesus is, so also are who? Who's we? We, we. Who is we? It's obviously not all humanity. It's believers. And how are we also like him? 
or where are we also like him? In which world? In heaven? But sometimes we act like it, don't we? That the only time we can be like him is when we finally get to heaven. But he says, so also are we in this world. Not in the world, in this world. In this one. Go ahead and put your foot right there. That's it. This planet. Right now. Now, the only reason you're not is because you choose not to believe. It's not because you can't be. I mean, a lot of people, when they stand before the Lord one day and say, but Lord, he's going to say, but in your name. All you had to do was believe. All you had to do was ask. So it's our time to reign, right? It's our time to reign as kings over our past, over our sin, over our flesh. It's our time to reign over relationships. It's our time to reign over our finance, over our jobs, over our mind, over our attitudes, over our emotions. It's time for us to reign over our symptoms, over our bodies, and it's time for us to reign over our destiny. Over our destiny, because Jesus Christ is coming for a glorious church. Listen, the king came as a suffering servant the first time. He will not return that way. He comes back as a reigning king. Hallelujah. And he's asking you to reign now in this life. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Father God. It's so important that we begin to see the scripture as it's clearly um, communicated. And that we would recognize. It's really, again, it's very easy for really... Just about every church that preaches Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave and laid down his life for the sin of humanity. For all of us to say, we couldn't do that. But we accept his finished work. Why can we not do the same thing and say, you know what? We are not that, but Christ made us that. And so we can accept who he says we are. If I can accept that he forgave me of my sins, then I can accept that he's made me a king. I can accept that he's given me authority. I can accept that he's told me to reign in this life. I can accept that if he says, as he was in, this, in the world, so am I, well, then I can, ex- I can accept I can be like him in the earth. I can operate, move, and have dominion right now until he comes and do all that he's called me to do. Because as he is who fulfilled the will of his father, so can I fulfill the will Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family, You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.